Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. God bless you. Welcome to another Wednesday night teaching from the Sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion. Amen. Why don't you call someone, text them, tell them you know what time it is. You did not forget. It is time for the word of God. Amen. All right. God bless you. Open your Bible to Romans 6, chapter 6, verse number 6. Romans 6 and 6. Romans 6 and 6. We're going to get right into the word. We're still talking about what it means to be the body of Christ. Romans 6, 6. And the Bible reads, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Let's pray together. Excuse me, bow your heads. Father in heaven, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We continue to submit to you through your word. That's why we worship and we welcome your word. We honor your word. Speak your word through your servant. Let it be anointed, that our ears be anointed to hear and our hearts to receive so you can get the precious fruit. Transform us for time and eternity is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, then bless your hearts. So the body of sin has been destroyed. So we are not slaves to sin. The body of sin is destroyed. So we're not slaves to sin. So here's a question. What is a body? What is a body? Here's three pretty good definitions. A body is a frame of a creature. It's the frame of a creature that contains the vital parts of its existence. It's the body is distinct from the internal parts of the being or the creature. Also, a body is a corporation. It's a number of people united by a common goal and form of government. Say that again. A body can be a corporation, a number of people united by a common goal and form of government. Lastly, a body is a collective mass of individual parts united like the body of mankind and the church united as the body of Christ. So we are a collection of individuals. The body of Christ is a mass or collection of individual parts that make up the body of Christ. Colossians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians rather. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 20. And the Bible reads, for the body is not one member, but many. Verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I am I'm so sorry. Piece of hair in my mouth, my own beard. So let's read that again. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Verse 16. If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Does that make it not of the body? Verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, how could it smell? Verse 18. But now hath God, hear this now, God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. Let's read that again. God has put every member, every one of us, (laughs) in the body, in the place, in the position that pleased him. So we cannot put ourselves where we want to put ourselves. We have to be and function in the body where God puts us in the body. So we, I'll say it this way, it behooves us then 
to learn where we are and where we fit in the body. We have to learn where we fit in the body. We can't, come, we can't make that up ourselves. We can't let somebody else talk us into being someplace in the body other than God placed us. We need to know where we fit in the body. He goes on to say in verse 19, and if, if they were all one member, where would the body be? Verse 20, but now... Are they many members, but one body? Many members, one body. <clears throat> Again, the body of Christ is a mass of people from every generation, from every nation, from every status, socioeconomic position in the world. We make up the united body of Christ. Hmm. Colossians 2.11. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Watch this now. In putting off. Under, under, underscore that. Write that down. In putting off the body of sins. Putting off the body of sin, <laughs> putting off the body of sin. We have the capacity by the power of the Holy Spirit to put off the old man, to put off the body of sin. This sounds very, very elementary, but we cannot overlook this because there are too many believers making excuses for living a sinful life. When the Bible clearly says we can put off the body of sin. Hmm. We put off the body of sin by our circumcision or the circumcision of Christ or what Christ did circumcises or separates us from the body of sin. Our faith in Jesus Christ, in what he did on the cross, separates us from the body of sin. It's very important. Because we cannot, my brothers and my sisters, <clears throat> we cannot be at the same time a part of the body of sin and the body of Christ at the same time. We cannot be a part of the body of sin and the body of Christ at the same time. We're either a part of the body of Christ or we're not. And how we know that we're a part of the body of Christ is Christ means anointed one and his anointing. So there's an anointing on your life. <laughs> but if you're not a part of the body of Christ, or a part of the body of the anointed one with his anointing, then you're a part of the body of sin, and it's easy for you to sin. Write this down. If it's easy for you to sin and you don't feel guilty, you're a sinner. If you could just sin and be like, well, you know, shoot, ain't nobody perfect, and do the same thing again the next day, and we're, you're a sinner. I don't care what church you go to and what your title is and where you sit. In the church, you are a sinner and you're a part of the body of sin. So you do what the body of sin does. You sin. But we are the body of Christ. Am I talking to anybody today? <laughs> See, those of us that are genuinely a part of the body of Christ, we have put off the body of sin. Write this word down. Divest. D-I-V. E-S-T, divest. That's what it means to put off a garment. It's to divest. We that are born again, we that are truly a part of the body of Christ, we have divested the old man. 
We took him off. Took off the old drug selling, drug dealing, drug smoking me. I took that man off. The old lying me, I took that man off. The fornicating, adultery, I took that, I took him off. I divested myself of that man. I am no longer a part of the body of sin. I put on Christ. I put on the new man. And this is what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. We have all put on the new man, which is Christ Jesus. So you can't help but be anointed. Tell somebody I can't help but be anointed because I put on the new man who is Christ Jesus. So my brothers and sisters, it's a matter of divestment. Write that down. Divestment. It's a matter of divestment and investment. Ooh. Divestment is taking off. No longer <laughs> catering to. No longer giving any attention or credence to. Investing is the opposite. It's what you put your money into. It's what you put your investment into. It's what you put into and invest into for your future. So we are as, as the body of Christ. This is why we read the Bible, pray, fast, sing, pray, worship and come to church. You are investing in the anointing on your life. That's why, my brothers and sisters, you need to come back to church. Because you need to continue, we need to continually invest in what Christ died for us to have. I know you've heard this before, but I, I feel like I need to say it again. When the, when the pandemic was still going on, they were filling up football, basketball, sports stadiums. People were still investing in their sports teams. So that means vendors are getting paid, popcorn man, the cup man, the straw man, the, the, the hot dog man, the coaches. Everybody was still getting blessed because everyone was still investing. You are hurting the body of Christ when you stop investing in it. You're hurting yourself by not investing in the anointing. To divest, again, is removing one's capital, your money. It's taking your interest in a corporation out. I'm no longer interested in supporting that particular venture. So I'm divesting. I'm taking my interest, my money, my time investment out of it. It's removing, disposing, and ridding yourself of your connection with it. On the other hand, when we invest... We do the opposite. We pour ourselves, our capital, our time, our money, our interest into this thing called the body of Christ. The Bible gives us examples of people divesting themselves. In, in fact, in fact, there, there are even examples of people violently <laughs> divesting themselves, violently. For example, blind Bartimaeus. You, you remember blind Bartimaeus? <laughs> blind Bartimaeus, when he heard Jesus was passing by, the Bible says he cast off his, he threw off his garment. See, that garment represented him being blind and poor. He said, I, I see Jesus, I see a future. Hallelujah. I see a future in Christ where I'm not blind and broke. So he took his vest and he vestment and he threw it off. That's what we had to do in order to be part of the body of Christ. You, some things you got to take off. You got to snatch off yourself. Somebody even watching tonight, there's some things you got to get rid of yourself. You want somebody to lay hands on you and prophesy. You got to snatch it off yourself. 
somebody snatch that foolishness off of you. Divest yourself from the garment that's labeled you and got you labeled everywhere you go. People call you this because you wear that garment. Call you a pimp because you wear pimp clothes. Call you easy because you wear easy looking clothes. You've been labeled by the garment you're wearing and you want people to treat you differently. You got to take that garment off. It's time to divest yourself of the old man and put on the new man. Don't put on the new man and come to church looking like the old man. And wonder why people are treating you like you treat. They treat. You look like you just came from the nightclub. Now, it's different if that's all you got to wear and you ain't been saved for six weeks. Week seven, go to Walmart, Kohl's. Get something to, to, to tell people you ain't that person anymore. Divest yourself so you can become a part of the body. It's the same way with how people talk. When you get saved, you talk differently. You, you get a little bit more scripture and word in your converse, in your everyday conversation. That lets people know you've divested yourself of the old man. But if you're still cussing and swearing and looking up for clothes and talking to people's clothes, you ain't saved. You're too much like the old man, the body of sin you're connected to. Hmm. In Zechariah chapter 3, Satan is... <laughs> pointing out the filthy clothes Joshua the high priest is wearing. He's standing there before the angel of the Lord and <laughs> Satan and Satan is accusing Joshua the high priest saying, look at his dirty clothes. Look at it. Look at it. And, and that's what the devil does. That's what Satan does to us. He likes to bring up your old, your old man, your old self. We all got an old self. We all got an old self. Come on, say amen. <laughs> amen. We all got an old self. And so, and so Satan loves to accuse us before God. And this is what he's doing to Zachariah <clears throat> Zachari the high priest. He's inferring that Zachariah is not fit to be a high priest. You ain't fit to minister to nobody. Look at you. This is what the devil's been tricking so many of you all. That's why you don't want to come back to church. You don't want to pray for people. You don't want to do hospital visits. You don't want to minister to people because the devil has been lying to you, telling you that you got on filthy clothes and nobody wants to see you and don't go out looking like that. And I'm telling you, that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you're a part of the body, you've already got new clothes. And this is what this story is all about. And so as Satan was trying to convince Joshua that he wasn't about anything because of what he was wearing and trying to convince him that God couldn't use him. This is what the Lord said to Satan in verse number two, Zechariah chapter three. <clears throat> I silence you, Satan. I, the Lord, made my decision and chose Jerusalem. Be silent. This man has been snatched from the fires of judgment, do you realize that if you're saved and a part of the body of Christ, you have been snatched from the fires of judgment? There's no judgment on you. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I don't care what the devil told you or tells you or tries to remind you about your past. You have been snatched out of the fire. Goes on to say, the Lord said, take away his filthy clothes. That represents his sin. Take away his sin. Take him out of the body of sin. Take him out of the old man. Clothe him with a new garment. Somebody needs to know that you've been clothed with a new garment. It doesn't matter how you feel. You need to check out what you're wearing. You need to understand God put this on you. You didn't put it on yourself. By putting your faith in Jesus Christ, Christ clothed you with a fresh anointing. He put new clothes on you, clean clothes on you. Somebody shout, I'm clean. The Lord said, take away his filthy clothes, clothe him with a new garment and put a clean turban on his head. Mm -hmm. Jesus 
has Joshua's filthy clothes taken away and given him clothes of righteousness. That's what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Our clothing <laughs> is different than the world. Our spiritual clothing is different than the world. We need to understand how you're seen mm, in the realm of the spirit. We are so caught up with the culture. The culture is into body shaming and all kind of stuff. And we fall for all that stuff. Listen, listen, I, I wish everybody, listen, I don't care what size you are, just be healthy. Because we can't, we, you, you, you know, your DNA tell, decides how tall you are and how portly or not skinny. The, the, the DNA, just be healthy. But, but don't get caught up in the physical aspects of who you are. Get caught up in the spiritual aspect of who you are, particularly if you're saved. Realize in the realm of the spirit that you're clothed with Jesus. And that wherever you go, demons can tell what you're clothed in, whether you're clothed by sin or clothed in righteousness. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 22 through 25. That you put off concerning the former conversation. Conversation means way of life. The old man, which is corrupt. The old us was corrupt. The old us was rotten, stinking, foul. You remember how foul you were? See, I don't want to remember. <laughs> boy, 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 boy. The old man was corrupt according to its deceitful lust. Remember how deceitful we, we, we used to be? Remember all the games we used to run on people? Remember how you used to lie real quick just to get some money? I know you want me to hurry up, but I just feel like staying here for a minute. Remember, remember what you used to tell the dope man? I ain't got all the money, but I get it to you tomorrow. Lying, deceitful. That was the old man. You didn't care who you got over on. <clears throat> I'm going to say this one more. I'm going to move on because I know you get nervous. Remember how you used to steal from your own family? I remember, <clears throat> tell me, um, tell on me one time when I was doing my drugs, I was in my bad season. I, 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 I pawned a, a sewing machine that my mother had. And uh, she looked for it for years. And it wasn't until I got saved, I finally told her, I said, you remember that sewing machine? Because <laughs> she, she brought it up when she was talking. I was like, wow. Uh, you know, well, I, I, I pawned that sewing machine. That was an old man, deceitful, selfish, foul. That's the old man. See, but see, we don't do that now that we save. Now that we the body, we don't rob people. We don't borrow money and not pay them back. We don't borrow their car and drive and don't put no gas in it. We don't borrow their shirt and say it's still out. That ain't your shirt. That's what the old man does. We don't do stuff like that. He says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, when we become a part of the body of Christ, we have started the process of renewing our minds. We start thinking differently, seeing people differently, seeing the world differently, and seeing ourselves differently. Not to mention we see God differently. Because our minds are being renewed. And let me tell you, my brother and my sister, it doesn't stop just because you first got saved and came to the altar. It's an ongoing process. We still get our minds renewed right now. There's some thoughts you need to get rid of. There's some ideas and concepts you need to get out of your head. Verse 24, he says that you put on the new man. Somebody say the new man. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness. The new man can't help but do righteousness. The new man loves to do what's right in the eyes of God. That's how you know you're a part of the body. You love to do right. You love to see people saved. You love to see people healed. You love to see people blessed. And so you do everything you can to make those things happen because that's right. Verse 25. <clears throat> He says, wherefore, putting away, there it is, casting away, 
Divest yourself of lying. Somebody say, stop lying. Say, stop lying. You say. No, I didn't say look at nobody. We all talking to each other. Stop lying. You say. Put away lying. Get that out your life. Just don't lie anymore. And when you start, listen, when you start practicing it, you're going to lie, but you're going to, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. I lied. Just, just, before we leave the room, I lied. Before I get out the car, I got to tell you, I was lying the whole time we was driving to Chicago. <laughs> just put away lying. Just, just stop lying. He said, put away lying. Speak every man truth to his neighbor. Who is our neighbor? Anyone that's next to us. The person next to you or I at any given moment is the neighbor. The person you send on the train, that's your neighbor. You might even know him. That, don't lie to them. Every man speak truth to his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So when you think about neighbors and you think about brothers and sisters in Christ, if you lie to another believer, you just lie to yourself. If another believer lies to you, they not only lie to you, they lie to themselves. So Paul here is telling us how the body of Christ is supposed to function. We don't deceive each other. We don't trick each other. We don't lie to each other. We don't do that to each other. The old man, again, is the body of sin. That old man is a liar. You know you used to lie. We used to lie. <laughs> I'm just, I'm having flashbacks myself. I remember I was supposed to do some chores at the house. And uh, <clears throat> I was a teenager, a young teenager, wasn't even in my late teens. And, you know, like most kids, I want to go out and, you know, hang out with my friends. So I, I, you know, I thought I'd get back to it before my mom found out. But it didn't happen because I kept having so much fun. And on the way home, I was feeling so bad because I was either going to get knocked upside the head or knocked upside the head and grounded. So I'm trying to come up with a reason. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a lie. Let me tell my mama. I ain't going to get beat. I want no beating. So I got home. I said, Mama, a dog chasing me all over town. She said, ain't no dog chasing you no eight hours. Boy, quit lying. She had to start laughing. Boy, that's dumb. <laughs> Boy, that's dumb. Ain't no dog chasing you no eight hours. You be wore out. Dog be wore out. Be dead. Because, <laughs> you know, when you, you know, some lies, you just come off the top of your head, you know. So you just, everybody know you lying. <laughs> I'm just trying to help five more people stop lying. Because, see, you don't think people don't know you lying. Some folks just, just okay, uh -huh. hey, Bobby, what you doing? They just leave you alone because you a liar. I ain't going to talk. You know, he don't even know what he said. And, see, you don't want that to happen too many times because then people don't want to talk to you. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. See, the old man, <laughs> the old man is connected to the world. And you all know the world will lie to you real quick. You'll get a crank phone call, a robo call. You go to the store and they'll tell you you can't return it. You got, you got to be on point. You got to be on. You got to be on when you're dealing with the world because they will lie to you. You buy a car, they'll tell you it costs 10000 more than it. you got to be on because you know the world will lie to you. You know they will. We shouldn't worry like that about each other because we're a part of the body. So Paul says we've not learned Christ. We've not learned Christ. The anointing doesn't teach you how to lie. The anointing doesn't help you lie. Whoo! Say lie. The anointing doesn't help the preacher lie. 
The anointing is to help manifest the truth, which is if you're sick, you should be healed. If you're weak, you can be strong. That's the truth. The anointing doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. Mm-hmm. So when we are renewed in the spirit of our minds, we put on the new man and we know who we are in Christ. Anybody that claims to be saved in a part of the body of Christ, but still lives like the old man, they don't have any clue of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Write this down. When we put on the new man, the new nature comes with it. (laughs) When we put on the new man, the new nature comes with it. You cannot leave the Chicago Bulls and join the Los Angeles Lakers and keep wearing your Chicago Bulls jersey as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. The new jersey, the new outfit comes with it. The new organization, new coaches, new philosophy all comes with it. You cannot call yourself a part of the body of Christ and you still live like the world. Ephesians 4.24, the new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. Hmm. So maybe we could deduce that since Paul said there's such a thing as true holiness, there must be such a thing as false holiness. So we really don't care if you're holy. We want you to be truly holy. Because there's some false holy folk. I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Because you're going to know the difference between true holiness and pseudo holiness. Mm-hmm. You see, the first Adam, say the first Adam. The first Adam, the first man, was created in the image and likeness of God. That's in Genesis chapter 1. The first Adam, the first man, was made in the image and likeness of God. But he fell from his divine space, divine space. He fell from his divine space or place of grace. And in doing so, he took all of mankind with him. (laughs) The last Adam, say the last Adam, the last Adam, which is Jesus, was made in the likeness of man, but he carried the fullness of God and he elevated man to his divine space. Mm -mm -mm. And Jesus takes all who believe in him into heavenly places. Oh, it's getting good now. I'm going to say it again. The first Adam fell from his divine place of grace. He fell from his divine space. The second or last Adam, rather, Jesus, made in the image of man, made in the likeness of man, he elevated us that believe in him. He raised us up, Ephesians 2, 6 says, and have made us sit together. Oh, bless his name. Has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You need to know not only who you are, but where you are. The old man is worldly. The old man of sin is concerned only about earthly things. The new man, hallelujah, the new man in Christ is concerned about heavenly things. That's why it says in Colossians, seek those things which are above, hallelujah, where Christ sits. That's where you sit. Stop ignoring what's above and paying attention to all the stuff on the earth. This is why we can't operate at the higher levels in the spirit because we're ignoring them. Jesus, hallelujah, has elevated all that put their faith in him 
to a divine space far above all principalities and powers. The very powers you're worried about, you have been elevated over. Ephesians 2, 6 and 7. And hath raised us up together. He raised us. Look at someone and tell them, we have been raised up. So then we need to act like we've been raised up. We've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, my God in heaven, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. God wants to show the body how much he loves us. He wants to lavish us with grace. But he's got to take us from here to there for us to experience it. That's why it's so dangerous and detrimental to stay carnal in your thinking. Because if you stay carnal in your thinking, you'll never understand the divine space that God has placed you in. You'll always be the victim. You'll never have enough money. You'll always feel bad. Nothing's ever good enough. Everybody's always doing you wrong. Not in heavenly places. Huh? In the ages to come, God will continually reveal his abundant grace to you. Now watch this. When God called, well, when Moses came up to Mount Sinai and saw the bush burning that was not consumed, God had Moses stand. Somebody say stand. He was standing in God's presence and God told Mo, I can call him that because we cool. God told Moses to remove his shoes off his feet because the place he was standing is holy, divine space. See, when you recognize the divine space God puts you in, you walk differently. Hmm. Hallelujah. The saints of God, the New Testament saints, on the other hand, we are allowed to sit in heavenly places. Moses had to stand. We get to sit. Come on now. Walk with me. Moses had to stand, but we get to sit. Ephesians 2, 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit. Some of y'all so used to standing, you got to be made to sit. What is that standing all about? What does that symbolize? What does that help us to understand? Moses had to stand because he was standing before the law and the lawgiver. Moses had to stand because he was standing before the judge of the world. You ever been to court? You got to stand before the judge. You can't sit down in front of the judge. You got to pay attention. Stand up. All rise. So Moses was before the lawgiver. Hallelujah. He had to stand. He was before the judge of the universe. He had to stand. But you and I, hallelujah, the saints that are already born again, that are in Christ, we've already been judged. Hallelujah. We were judged in Christ when he went from judgment hall to judgment hall. There's no judgment on you. There's no condemnation on you. That's why you can sit in the presence of God because there's no longer judgment on you because Jesus was judged for all of us and crucified and executed. There is no sin that you need to be punished for. That's why it's important to know who you are. That's why when you come to church, you will rejoice in the Lord because I'm coming before the God of the universe and he's not judging me. That's why you better never come to this church another day and not give God some praise because you stand in the presence of your God who is not judging you. He's loving on you. No judgment in here. 
There may be conviction of sin, but there's no judgment because Jesus is already judged for our sins. He was already punished, beaten with a cat of nine tails. It's already happened. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's why we can sit. That's why you have to be made to sit. Because some of y'all are still guilty. You still letting the devil tell you you guilty. You still let the devil tell you, look at your dirty clothes. Look at your dirty. You don't have that stuff on anymore. This divine space that we're in, in heavenly places. Watch this. Seated. Somebody say seated again. You know where we're seated? Remember, we're seated in Christ. You know where we're seated? We're seated in Christ at the right hand of God. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. We are seated in Christ. So where are we seated? At the right hand of the Father. You know, there's this, this popular, extremely popular, I believe, uh, series that they've done several parts of or in the production of at least another part, two or three, called Game of Thrones. And there's this one title that they have for the person that's closest to the king, that advises the king, that speaks for the king when he's not present. He's called the hand of the king. He wears this little brooch with a hand on it. So when he speaks, it's like the king speaking. Well, to sit at the right hand of the father means you got power. <laughs> means you got a voice. Means you get to speak on behalf of the king. That's why you can't lie. That's why you can't be deceitful. Because you speak for the king. We're ambassadors of Christ. We speak for Jesus. We got to speak the truth. In order to speak the truth, you got to know the truth. And to know the truth, you got to know the word. As I get ready to close this portion, that divine space, as I said, is the right hand of God. To help us really understand, Jesus said, <laughs> where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. Two or three. <laughs> in Matthew 18, 16, Jesus said, when two or three saints agree in prayer, their agreement is established as law. Better hear me. You better hear me. You better understand who you are. You better understand the power you hold sitting at the right hand. You need to understand what your words mean as the new man with the new character. This is called nothing other than binding and loosing. Somebody say binding and loosing. Binding and loosing. Where two or three believers agree concerning anything, God said it shall be established. We need to be more intentional about what we pray about. Matthew 18, 18, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's talking about the new man with the new nature, not the old man. Verse 19, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, they shall have it. It shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Hmm. That's when we understand who we are as the body. That's when we understand we have the new nature. That's when we understand we are anointed and our words have power. <laughs> so binding and loosing, in short, in essence, is declaring something lawful or illegal. Ooh, it's getting good. It's getting deep. 
Hmm. Hmm. Let me, 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 let me give you a practical application. There are groups of believers that have agreed, watch this now, that a woman wearing pants in the church is wrong. If they've agreed that to be the case, it becomes the case. There are, there, are, there, are, there are believers that, matter of fact, I just read an article, I think it's, I won't say because I don't know for sure, but there's a denomination that just re, re-ratified, if that's a word, that women can't preach. Well, since they agree in their organization that a woman can't preach, it's established that a woman can't preach in that organization. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to have you thinking all night long. So if two or three agree on earth and God accepts it, if in that organization where they agree that a woman can't preach, if a woman gets up and preaches, does God hear her? Oh, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. If the organization agrees that homosexuality doesn't disqualify a person from pastoring a church, if two or three agree, well, in the case of the homosexuality, they're not a part of the body. Because the Bible says those people or people who practice that lifestyle don't inherit the kingdom. So they're not a part of the body. So whatever they come up with don't matter anyway. In the kingdom of God, it only matters on earth. In the realm of the spirit, they have no power. I know, I know, I know. This is making you think. It's good, though. It's good. See... When the body is united in prayer, the body of Christ, not the body of sin, when the body of Christ is united in prayer concerning any matter, because of the divine space we occupy, remember, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principalities and powers. So whatever we establish No principality, power, demon can stop it. You need to understand this. This helps you understand who you are as the body of Christ. We can make decrees that God listens to, answers, and he ratifies in heaven. Remember, uh, in, 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 in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus told his disciples, Watch this now. This is very, very powerful. Whosoever sins you say remain on them, their sins remain on them. Jesus told his disciples, if you say this person's sins stay on them, then they stay on them. If you say this person's sins are forgiven, then their sins are forgiven. That's the power we have. We don't know how powerful we are. We don't know how to use the power we have. Remember Paul said in Corinthians, he said, we will judge angels. How come we can't judge the smallest matters between us? We don't understand the power that we have as the body of Christ seated in heavenly places in that divine space. We have the same authority Jesus has. To ratify something means to make it official. God will make official whatever we say is official. 
So we got to stay with the word and say, it is not lawful for a man to marry three women in the same church and not divorce. We got to stay lawful. We got to stay in the word so God will ratify his word every single time. We can't let the world make us change what righteousness is and holiness is. We as the body of we as we as the body of Christ have been given authority. Somebody say I have authority. We have authority to impact what is allowed on earth. We're allowing too much sin on the earth because we don't know we have the power to stop it. We're putting it all, hear me now, don't get mad. We're giving all of our power to the politicians. <clears throat> Luke 10, 19. Jesus is speaking. He says, behold, I give unto you power. That's authority. That's authority. He didn't give us ability. He gave us authority. The person with authority is always stronger than the person with ability. D Daniel, stand up, please. I just y'all can't see him. He's working the camera. Daniel Hill is six foot three. He's bigger than me. But I got authority. So I told him to stand up. He didn't say, I'm bigger than you. Don't matter. Thank you, sir. Let me tell you something. There are big things you're facing. Speak to it. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how big your problem is. I don't care how big that devil is. Speak to it. Speak to it. You have authority. Because you're the new man created in Christ Jesus. Speak to it. I don't care how big it is. You speak to it because you have been given authority. And authority is more powerful than size and ability. I know we watch so much sports, so we, we count on the big guy. Oh, that big guy going to knock that little guy out. Oh, that big guy faster. He's stronger. See, you tripping. You're all in the natural. I'm trying to get you to see yourself in the spiritual. Tell somebody, look at yourself in the spirit realm, and you won't get pushed around like you've been getting pushed around. You ain't going to keep getting punked out like you've been getting punked out. You ain't going to keep letting the devil steal your money, your inheritance. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You got to hold on to what God gave you for your grandchildren's sake. You got to tell the devil, get up and get out of my life. You got to get into where say, if the thief be found, he got to give back sevenfold what he took. I don't care how big you are. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, put it back. That's who we are. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, over all the power. How much power? So there's not any power the enemy has we don't have authority over. I don't care what new disease, a new variant they come up, you got power. What you worried about? Speak to it. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Mm-mm-mm. Serpents and scorpions have venom. Serpents and scorpions use their venom to paralyze and kill people. I want you to know right now, everyone stand please. I want you to know right now you're about to get unstuck. Shemasuku. You, you've been paralyzed by something. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack, fear. In the name of Jesus, I cancel 
the power of the serpent's venom that has paralyzed you. We cancel the power of the scorpion's venom to paralyze you. You are free today because whom the Son has made free is free indeed. There is nothing that can hurt you or harm you that is faux, false, phantom pain. That's phantom pain. It is not real. In the name of Jesus, declare it by faith. Walk in who you are. See yourself seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father, binding and loosing. Bind the enemy. Loose your health. Bind poverty. Loose your prosperity. Bind it. Bind whatever has been hindering you from walking in all that God called you to walk in because by faith, it's all yours. My brothers and my sisters, Romans 6, 6, where we started, knowing this, that the old man is crucified. The old man is dead. That's got to be false pain because that old man is dead. How can it hurt? How can that hurt? That's phantom pain. The old man is dead. The new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, Satan has power over the old man. That's why he wants you to think like the old man, because that's who he has power over. But when you realize you're not that person anymore and you are the new man with the new nature in Christ Jesus, Satan cannot lie to you and you believe it. He has no power against the new man. The new man has already been beaten, tortured, put in the grave, and resurrected. There's no power that the enemy has over you and I other than what we give him because you don't know who you are. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple, hey God, of the Holy Ghost. I tell my body all the time, no sickness, disease, germ, virus can live in this body. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost in me, drive away, drive out everything that's not like God. If it don't happen all at once, it's going to happen after a few days, a week, a month. But it's not going to stay because my body was not made for sickness, disease, poverty, lack, depression, fear. I am to house the Holy Spirit. The very power of God lives on the inside inside of you. You need to stir up the gift that's on the inside. You need to talk to the gift that's on the inside. You need to recognize the new man and strip yourself of the old man. The new man belongs to Christ. The new man is filled with God. Lift your hands where you're standing, really where you're seated in heavenly places. Make no more excuses for being weak. Make no more excuses for not rising to higher levels in God. Make no more excuses for being defeated, for being lazy, for being bound in life of sin. Make no more excuses for living a deceitful life, lying to one another. Make no more excuses. Let the Lord elevate you to your sacred space, to your divine space. Walk out the rest of your life fulfilling your destiny. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Father, I thank you. for reminding us who we are as the body of Christ. Reminding us that you gave us power to tread on serpents and scorpions. For reminding us not to listen to this world or the little G God of this world, but to think soberly according to the measure of the grace gifting you have given us. May we live our lives from this divine space 
in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Save somebody that's crying out right now. Jesus, save me. Save the tormented mind. Save the tormented soul. Save the one that gave their lives over to witchcraft because their parents dabbled in it. Save the one that ran from the church and got dabbled into black magic. Save them, God, as they cry out tonight. Save somebody that needs rescue. Their soul needs rescuing from the very pits of hell and the pounds of hell and the bulls of Bashan. Save somebody from the other uttermost to the guttermost. Let them know you have a divine space and place for them in the heavenlies. Far above all principality, power, rule, might, and dominion. Let us be elevated. Lord, lift us up where we belong. Let us go forth girded with power and authority, displaying your very nature and your character. You told Moses back in Numbers 14, as I live, my glory will fill the whole earth. Let us display your glory in this last and evil day. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on, put your sanctified hands together. Come on, thank the Lord God, even at home, bless his name. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.